Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning and the week has gone good for you. I am here as usual with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing good. How about you? Uh, yeah, up and down, but keeping my head up. We're getting through it. Good, yeah, good. It's, pr- it's pretty hard to live in Nazi Germany, but we're trying. Yeah, right. <laughs> right again. <laughs> I like what I'm seeing out of the people of Australia lately. Yeah. I have to say, I have to say, I am really proud. I mean, applause to all the people standing up in unison against the tyranny over there. So, if we have any yeah. Aussie um, listeners, we we see you guys and we appreciate everything you guys are doing and understand what you're going through. Yeah, yep. the two the two major protests that we had over the last week were. Massive. Of course, the media didn't want to frame it that way. You know, just a few hundred people. Right. It was completely not the case. Um, and we, we saw protests in the Gold Coast and all that as well. Um, of course, uh, there's a lot of videos of underhanded tactics. COVID Victoria Police, uh, you know, they've got new powers now, so they're feeling more jumpy. They're hitting people with fines left, right, and centre, but we all knew this was coming. Um, but a lot of people don't give a shit anymore. So, it's it, like you said, it's really, really good to see from my countrymen so it's great but today we're going to zoom in on just a few things one is the full approval of the Pfizer vaccine quote unquote approval approval uh, from the FDA and Corey's article which is a long one which we're going to spend the bulk of the podcast on uh, which is the global landscape on vaccine ID passports and we're going to go through that and stop and talk. and But that that is going to be the bulk of our podcast today. It's a, quite a long article you got there, Corey, but quite a good one. <laughs> There's quite a bit of players in this. <laughs> and it's really important information because it's really what it's all leading to, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It sure is. All right. But so we can stop it. Yes. Yeah. I'm interested to hear. Um, I, I read through it. I got about like two thirds of the way through before podcast time. So <laughs> I um, did not get to the solutions section. So that's actually what I'm interested to hear more about. So um, but should we talk about this so-called FDA approval thing? Yeah. Let's go into that first, because that's that's the biggest news. Uh, one of the biggest things in the news, apart from Afghanistan, is, you know, hey, it's approved now. Nice. Right. And that's what's happening all over and the mainstream media, of course. So, you know, the FDA's so-called approval came out on Monday and the propaganda arm for big government and big pharma ran with the talking points and they had omitted some very serious and important points that we really need to clarify and just make sure everyone understands. Because as a result of this, no doubt, and we're already seeing this, more schools, government agencies, and companies are going to begin to mandate it. But oh you my gosh, to- multiple states, like instantly rolled out all state employees, all armed forces, all uh, K through 12 teachers, all healthcare workers and now now they're going to start feeling that backlash because we're already seeing lots of people standing up against this and banding together well we're we're seeing it over here as a country as a whole i mean i i think i've uh told you guys this before it it would not surprise me if australia leads the way in mandating it countrywide for everyone Mm. Uh, good lord People need to be aware of their rights. They need to be aware of what they're getting into because there's a lot of trickery, a lot of deception going on with this. And this is not being talked about on the mainstream media. A lot of bait and switch. Yep. Yes. So there's two key points that we really need to uh, clarify. First of all is the legality of these mandates. And second of all is the liability of Pfizer. So Dr. Malone, who's the inventor of uh, mRNA technology, everybody's, well, a lot of people have heard of him already because he's been pretty vocal out against um, uh, the vaccines in particular, uh, the mandates and um, the safety profile of them. So, but um, he put out this sort of like key points to consider about this so-called FDA approval. And what most people don't realize is that the FDA actually issued two letters for two legally distinct products. 
Okay. So the first product is the Pfizer jab that's currently in stock of which there's this large supply still out. And it's the same jab that's been issued under the EUA. It's the same thing that's already in stock that everybody has already, you know, that a lot of people that have, have already received already. That is the first product. Okay. For this product, they did not give a full approval. In fact, what they did was they issued a, a, an extension of the emergency use authorization. This is the letter here to Pfizer from the FDA mm-hmm. extending the emergency use authorization. See here? Okay. So under this extended emergency use authorization, with um, with Pfizer, they can continue to issue their stockpile to the public without any liability. They're completely shielded from liability on this jab. And it's illegal to mandate it since it is still experimental under the emergency use authorization and it does right. not have FDA approval. Okay, the second letter that was, um, or and the second product um, that the FDA issued um, a letter on was BioNTech. The, um, the, the label, it's called Comernity, is the product, okay? This jab has received the FDA approval. However, this jab has not been issued to the public. It's likely that it's not even going to be issued to the public or manufactured. It's probably not even manufactured yet, and it probably won't get out onto the market until 2023 or 2024, if ever, because once it has FDA approval, there's a whole different set of rules that apply. They do not have the liability shield. They have to disclose all of the ingredients that have not previously been disclosed and there's a lot of issues with that they have to disclose adverse events that have not been previously reported and this opens them up to a tremendous amount of liability both criminal and civil charges could be brought against them um, if they did not disclose um, certain things um, under and released this product comernity to the public okay so basically Pfizer's incentivized to never release comernity in my yeah, right. opinion. Right. So- Meantime, mainstream news is out there telling the, the world that it's totally safe and it's FDA approved now. Exactly. Distinguishing this. It's, it's, oh, the right. metaphors. I, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so when you read the news release here, FDA approves first COVID vaccine, right? And so, so people, and so this is what the mainstream media runs with over and over and over again they use their propaganda arm they don't have to do it because in fact in fact if they did do it they could have criminal or civil charges brought on them for doing any kind of advertising that's why Pfizer hasn't put up a comernity website yet because because that they're not allowed to do that right or or they would have the liability that goes along with that so they're using the mainstream media to issue these talk talking points because they're not going to be held liable for it, right? So, but it's just very important that people understand that if anyone receives the jab currently, that that is the one that is under emergency use authorization. It is still the experimental jab where Pfizer is still shielded from any liability should something happen to you with an adverse event or something happened to your child with an adverse event, then there is no way of seeking damages for that. And along with that, under emergency use authorization, again, it's still considered experimental. They legally cannot mandate that because you cannot, as a requirement for employment, you cannot, force people to undergo human experimentation and you know what's really sad is they'll end up picking up who knows thousands of people before all of this gets viral enough to where throughout alternative media to where enough people finally know because that'll happen this this will get out everyone will continue to hammer this until the truth comes out 
and the media is going to have to walk it back. I mean, but people were taking this. People were taking this jab before it was even FDA approved, right? Some people didn't give a shit. No, right. I know, but right mm. now they're mandating a lot of people to take it that don't want to take it, and so uh, oh, I'm just saying they're gonna they're gonna see a fight on their hands with this one. Yeah, but it, it's very clear why the FDA issued these two letters. It's it, and the two authorizations on the two separate, legally separate products, and that is because they want to have their cake and eat it too. They mm-hmm. want the FDA approval label so it can be mandated. But they also want Pfizer to have zero liability, which it can only be done under the EUA. They can't have both. This is a trick. They are fooling the public into thinking they're taking the FDA approved version, knowing that most people won't know this information. Don't fall for it. So this is how evil and deceptive Mm -hmm. our government is. They're depending on the corrupt media to perpetuate this life for them. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So, and, and just, it's uh, it's interesting that you said you know the media to perpetuate this life for them. Uh, just in Australia the other day, um, I, it's a, it's a news journalist. I haven't dug into it or something. Took the vaccine, had an adverse effects. So they actually reported that, and he was rushed to hospital. So it was actually someone from the news media. How funny is that? Not funny as in like, but just uh, the fact that they actually reported that for one was right. interesting. And yeah. to it, it can happen to anyone. That's right. Yeah, so we just wanted to make that clarification for anybody who has not heard this yet. It's very important, particularly if someone out there listening is feeling the pressure from an employer or a school who is now passing down mandates since this quote unquote FDA approval. Ay, ay, ay. Want to smack these people? Yeah. What? All right. So should we move on to <laughs> your Must monster we? of a dig here? <laughs> uh, I don't know where to begin. Well, at it, the start. Uh, what? I said at the start. <laughs> <laughs> where does it begin and where does it end? Oh my goodness! So. Ah, let's see. So part three covered the uh, key implementers of the digital identity, vaccine ID passports. And it, it was also a pretty extensive report with a lot of players in there. I was trying to show who's behind what aspects of the agenda and how it's all interconnected and how it's global and what they're pushing that towards, which was, you know, they want everyone on a QR code to get on the blockchain. And so in this one, uh, this 54-page report, um, it, let me just bullet point what we're covering here. If you scroll down to the top bullet points there. So I get into the QR code because it's, it's way more than just about this little symbol, right? That's swiping on your smartphone and hooked into your, your vaccine data and your health cards and all that good stuff. This is about aggregating all kinds of data and putting it onto the blockchain, but it also has to do with DNA and your body and all kinds of other interesting things that are happening right now. And uh, which essentially takes it onto the blockchain, which is the second section I get into. And then we have our wallets, cryptocurrency, the central bank digital currencies, and the banks of the future, which is really interesting. It's, it's interesting pondering that whole part of it and processing through it to see how all of this is going to shift, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get into the artificial intelligence and augmented humans because that's, you know, where they're heading with all of this and their smart grid and their smart cities. And then I have a recap list. What I did is I took all the names and organizations from part three added in part four and we ended up with 287 which isn't really all of them it's just the ones that got covered in these two reports to some degree so and then of course i end the section with solutions now part three i started it with solutions um i basically kind of carried those solutions those same solutions over to part four and i think i may have added a couple 
Um, so I don't know where, where would you like to begin? Let's start with a QR code because I think people are very familiar with that these days because even now, let's say with the vaccine passports that are happening um, across the world, um, particularly in Europe, for France, for example, um, you know, but also in places like, like New York. So um, people are very, probably very familiar with this sort of thing. And it seems to me like what they're doing right now is just really conditioning people to get, you know, to to this routine of showing your QR code for everything. Oh, yeah. They've been normalizing the heck out of it for years with, um, you know, swiping it when you get your coffees or your donuts or your shopping or, you know, get discounts or um, for the marketing gimmicks, you know, it, they're everywhere now. And, uh, PayPal just actually added in the QR codes. They had run a test pilot and I think it was like 28 countries. So, so now they're, and of course all the vaccine ID passport applications are using them as well. And so what's interesting to me is, uh, when we when we get down into Mr. George Church, which I know you too, Edge, have um, covered him in one of your reports as well um, on the cancer and modern medicine. So you know you know a bit about him <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah, he's an interesting character. You could write up a fifty-four page report right? just on, on George Church. I know he's like a godfather of eugenics. Eugenics. So. Um, so what he, what he's done <laughs> and what other what other down there to George Church yeah here here's yeah. our little friend <laughs> but, but before we go there um, I just want to talk a little bit more about the QR codes because yeah. at the moment in Australia they are everywhere I don't, I don't know what it's like in America uh, but they are legitimately everywhere every shop you go to mm. um, you kind of have to well you don't have to sign in I. I've said this before, how I kind of fake it. But now they're putting laws and rules in place that if you're caught not using the QR codes and if you're caught not signing in, uh, there is fines. Wow. So we're, we're pushing down that line as well. I mean, the kids probably selling lemonade down the block probably have a printed out QR code. <laughs> right? It's, right. It's, it's everywhere, I got to say. Right, right. They, that's what they do. They take something and they make it trendy and they try to normalize it and they get everyone sucked in and then they spin it and use it for what their real intentions are. They well, weaponize they, it. They, they did they, the, they did the yeah. same with masks, right? Try to make it trendy. Oh yeah. Fashion nice style. On them. Fashion style, right? People. Well, with the QR code, they're selling it. And I was reading through your report how, of course, they always sell it as convenience. And a mm -hmm. lot of this is connected and sold as convenience. Same thing with the 5G stuff. It's it's sold, it's packaged and sold to the public. Like, look, everything's right here on your QR code. Look how convenient it is. You can just flash your phone and have all your information right there. It's, you know. Oh, but yes. Right, right. And we won't have to carry a driver's license anymore. And you won't have to worry about filling out all these health forms and everything. Cause we'll have all your data in one location hooked into your bank account and everything. And I think most people, at least our listeners fully know that's the game plan. But one of the things that I haven't really seen talked about is, I don't know how many people are aware, but they store, they've figured out how to store DNA, the DNA, the sequencing information into a QR code so yeah. that the scientists can share it and then extract it out of the QR code. And so what George Church and several others have started to do uh, is create, so he, he, well, he owns multiple companies. The dude has over 150 patents. Okay. We're talking Harvard professor, MIT. He's hooked in with NIH, Department of Energy, on and on we could go. Quite, a, quite an extensive background. He was, he initiated the Human Genome Project. So uh, he's a molecular engineer, chemist, geneticist. We'll just sum it all up to eugenics. Um, so, so with Nebula Genomics, uh, one of the two companies I talk about in here, that what they're doing is 
you can pay $99 or $299 to have your uh, DNA sequenced and learn all this wonderful stuff about yourself. We know they've been doing this for a while now with the Ancestry 23Me and all these databases that we've been warning people about, right? Well, what he's done is he's created this wonderful little marketplace where you are now, uh, if you go through him to through his company, uh, Nebula Genomics, then your information can be on the blockchain. So if you choose to sell it to other scientists or labs that want to study it, <laughs> you will get you will get cryptocurrency. You will get tokens, right? Because mm -hmm. it's on the blockchain. So we've now moved this DNA. Our DNA is now moving onto the blockchain along with all of our data. And so the other company, uh, can't think of the name off the top of my head. Um, the other company that he's working with, though, has also, or that he co-founded rather, also has um, a huge. Uh, marketplace it's a whole healthcare setup of products and of course the dna <clears throat> excuse me and a bunch of other stuff so this is becoming a new trend now that other um companies are starting to do as well because they need as much of our dna as possible it, it all ties into the whole transhumanism and ai agenda Right. So, and when you think about it, um, because we've found out, you know, there was uh, some DNA data that was either sold or I believe, yeah, yeah, it was sold to um, Chinese, a Chinese company. So like a lot of, and people don't realize that when they go to say 23andMe or mm -hmm. um, Ancestry that um, there's some portion in there where you're asked or you know if there's authorization that you provide you know that that data gets sold in bulk to companies and right. then those companies give you know sell that data off to laboratories and who mm -hmm. god knows where it goes but right. but let's say for example a laboratory in china i'm not going to specifically name a, a particular laboratory but there's one i have in mind um <laughs> say they got a hold of every you know all these americans uh dna could they right. could could a could a a laboratory that is working with the chinese government then start uh making bioweapons based off of genetic information to target oh, yeah. specific people Okay, oh, yeah. so this is the kind of tricky, I mean, this is what you're getting into when you submit your DNA information to anything, but. All right, listen, this guy, so they say that genomic big data is projected to outgrow video and text data within the next few years. Think about that. Then That's we've crazy. got back in 2013, Church did an interview with a German magazine and he says, you know, you've you've got a shot at anything where you have DNA, the limit for finding DNA fragments is probably around a million years. So when asked about DNA fragments of Neanderthals that scientists have, which existed 30,000 years ago, Church said that the DNA could be assembled into an embryo, which could be planted inside a human, a very daring woman. And he believes that the significant knowledge could be gained from cloning Neanderthals. He says, when we know they had, when we, uh, blah, 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 sorry, we know that they had a larger cranial size. They could even be more intelligent than us. When the time comes to deal with an epidemic or getting off the planet or whatever, it's conceivable that their way of thinking could be beneficial. <laughs> Human, that interesting? Come on, man. I mean, this is I the know. kind of warped human experimentation mm. that these people <laughs> want to do and are working on. Oh, yeah. They're already doing d gene editing. So he's taking uh, genes for DNA from the woolly, I just told Woolly you. mammoth. Yes. Thank you. 
I'm going on no sleep right now. Okay. So from the woolly mammoth and then he's yeah. taking the DNA and he's putting it into the, the cells, into the skin of a modern day elephant in order to produce stem cells to extract, um, to produce embryos. Okay. Which they could grow in an artificial room, uh, womb or in incubators. I mean, so God only knows what they've already done. And just one other thing before we move to the next section that I want to point out. Yeah, I was looking for that woolly mammoth part. I remember reading that and I was like, geez. I know. Be like bringing back the dinosaurs any day now. No. Oh, that clip there, if you scroll back down, this is a slide that he puts up when he gives a presentation and he calls it his conflict of interest slide. But also this- a thank you to all of these companies uh, for helping get our technology out. I just thought have, that was kind of funny. Have Have you ever seen a movie or read the book, uh, The Island of Dr. Monroe? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we are living in a sci-fi movie, a bad sci-fi movie. So do you guys remember back uh, earlier this year when <clears throat> even the mainstream news was warning about this? They were warning all the states that a company from China was approaching city, county, and state officials saying, look, we have the test to help you out. We can provide the testing. We can set up full testing labs. And they were warning them that China is trying to collect DNA off of US citizens and they really shouldn't work with them. Well, that company is BGI. And BGI, which is Beijing Genomics Institute, um, they were founded back in 1999. They participated in the human genome project that Church initiated. So he goes way back with them. and. In- in 2017, they announced the launch of the George Church Institute of Regenesis, in which he's obviously the chief scientist of the institute. And so <clears throat> this was this was all done, and, and this is to develop technologies in high-density DNA storage, biomanufacturing of natural products, and genome editing for medicine. So that was who was over here earlier this year trying to set up labs and collect DNA. I just find that very interesting. So, um, and now they're going to make a movie, Morgan Freeman. (laughs) They're going to make a movie on, uh, they're partnering with geneticist and CRISPR pioneer George Church to develop and produce a dramatic series centered on the dangerous and life affirming ways the technology can impact the world. So here they are, they're going to go and normalize it and make it seem like these are going to be our saviors when really it's all about augmented humans, which at the end of this is that's the last section in this report. I mean, I, I provide so many, documents documents in here i cite so many sources straight from the mouths of these people their white papers their funding you know to show what they're really up to it's it's a horror show (laughs) it is it's like they want to create a bunch of frankensteins and um really like chimeric you know humans mixed with other stuff and and our uh, mixed with technology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's oh. sick it's really really sick so so if we scroll down to blockchain um you know there's i'm not going to get into the whole specifics of it because most the thing is is most people when they think of blockchain they think of bitcoin they think of cryptocurrency and they think decentralized and that's that's kind of where the thinking stops but I don't know that people understand what they've been working on for years here. There's, there's centralized, there's federated, there's decentralized. There's, it's a blockchain framework platform that they have expanded on to use to run this data, collect this data on us, and they're bringing it all the way into every product. So they want every single product out there that they will embed a smart package or smart code into. So... We're talking, you know, just like your smartphones or your smart TVs. This is going to go way beyond that. This is this is going to be in products everywhere. It's going to be on every street corner. They want everything and every human hooked into the grid. So stop buying the products. Stop using the damn technology. Stop swiping the phone. Get off the smartphones. Don't do the QR codes for your free coffee. Just like stop supporting all of this because this is where it's going. 
we're building the, and this is what Catherine Austin Fitz um, mm -hmm. says repeatedly and I know that you communicate with her regularly but what I get from her is that we ourselves are building our own enslavement system absolutely yeah that's exactly right and i included a few videos in here um because they're all like three to five minute videos from the world economic forum and just you know like this one i haven't really seen shared out there but this is a pretty significant one where they're talking about shaping the future of technology governance blockchain and digital assets and what's funny is in it <laughs> the woman who's explaining all of these wonderful ways and and the hundreds of companies and governments they're working with on these projects she says but it's not really important that you understand how blockchain works of course not we don't want you to know that part of it no. we are, we're gonna have a line on all your data so um so basically in the blockchain section i get in i i cover a lot um the World Economic Forum, the clouds, the who's leading the way, who the top companies are right now, because I want people to see how far along this is and how far we have to go. I mean, these, yes, they've been working on this for a while, but when you're talking about a global agenda of this scale, some of this stuff takes years, you know? So, uh, you know, like digital currency, I think that's going to be some time before they get to that point. Um, but all of this is in the works. They're, they've already run pilot programs under the blockchain section and other sections. I list multiple, like if you scroll down where it says big moves in blockchain already underway, there's a lot happening already. Um, so it's a matter of, they're kind of testing everything out, you know, in different countries, and, but they're all working together. And so this one over here, their system works great for this. Well, this, this one over here, they're, you know, they have some good regulations and standardizations in place. So let's integrate that. So it's, it's this huge web, this huge work in progress and we can stay ahead of it and we can, we can combat it and we can avoid it and we cannot fund it and um, make it really difficult for them to see this all the way through. So there's, um, gosh, there's just so much. We have the whole automotive industry involved in this. There's, there's so much going on here. So I gotta love this snapshot here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, in the world economic forum, they have fantastic charts and all their white papers, but phew, copyright issues, not even going to touch that. So I, I reference certain pages where people can click and go in and find those, but, um, I'm somewhat limited on on what I can grab and put on here because that's the last headache I need right now. Healthy eating tokens. So here's, right? a, here's a potential for what this could lead to, right? So oh. if someone, some welfare applicant applies, tries to get money from the government, the government, um, there's this benefit wallet, right? So they can go to the grocery store, buy food. If they buy unhealthy food, uh-oh, dead end there. Uh-oh. Nope, that's a big nope. nope. That's hilarious. Right? No, you've got to buy healthy food in order to get your healthy eating incentive. That which triggers goes, your smart contract. Right. So anybody, you can see that this is such a mechanism for control. When you have absolute control over the money that people have in their quote unquote wallet, which is really right. just, just this digital wallet um, that all this is going to be connected to, you could control it all the way down to someone's eating habits oh, or yeah. their ability to travel. Let's say you had to use this in order to get an Uber or to, um, you know, get on a train or something or a subway, whatever the case is, right. you could be completely locked out of that if you're someone who is not complying with right. all of the rules and the mandates. And, and, These burgers are and, not allowed. <laughs> and absolutely none of this is secured with brick and mortar. None oh, no. So one little technical glitch and where'd your wallet go? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where do your digital currency go? Oh, if you're, 
Yeah, if you're a political dis dissident, you can say goodbye to that digital wallet, right? Right, right. So everyone needs to spend as, not spend as much cash, use cash as often as mm -hmm. possible. Um, I use it all the time and I love it because I feel free. Like no one knows where my money's going. No one's spying on me. Um, it's fantastic. And you know what? Screw giving them swipe fees. I mean, just do as, as little to contribute to them as necessary, just, you know? It's actually, right. it's actually funny you bring that up because when I was at Shovel the other day, I um I paid with fifty, and that uh, the lady behind the counter she's like, you know what? It's the third one I've seen this morning. I've only been open for ten minutes. People are using <laughs> it more and more these days. I'm like, oh well, look I at think the situation that, we're in. I think people are getting the memo, and you even talked about that, Corey, about how the use of cash is on the rise. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's in here. In fact, let's scroll down to this section because this is a really important section here. The wallets, cryptocurrency, uh, CBDC, which is central bank digital currency and banks of the future. Whew, this is like we could do a whole podcast just on this section. Um, okay, so as far as cryptocurrency goes, I think most, well, I don't know. Some people are probably aware that they're working on they want to regulate that, right? So there, there's actual inf information that they've sunk into this big infrastructure bill and whatnot. And they're talking about um, how they could potentially earn, you know, millions in tax dollars by adding uh, taxes and reporting. And, and they're talking about reports coming in from brokers. And so all the crypto people are going, well, wait, you're not clarifying what brokers is. So so they're not, we're not getting like a real clear cut vision of what that's going to look like just yet, but it's coming. And according to the documents um, in the bill, it's something that wouldn't roll out until I believe the end of 2023. So that's kind of where we're at with crypto. I suspect, and this is just my opinion, that eventually they will make it so difficult tricky high regulations taxes whatever crap they pull that that to intentionally squash crypto because they want to get people onto the digital currency like china has banned it right they, they've banned like financial institutions from utilizing crypto while they're rolling out um testing out their digital currency over there so um okay so let me just and just as a side note, in, in that infrastructure bill, I believe there was a whole segment on it uh, about crypto where um, there were some regulations proposed as far as um, making it no longer anonymous to a degree where, where crypto companies would have to report as far as, you know, the users and the transactions and so forth. Because Right. And that's where the confusion's coming in because they were using the word brokers. Right. And you know how they always have their little glossaries in those, like with the language and uh, well, they weren't really defining what brokers rep represents. So yeah, so much going on. You know what else they stuffed in that bill? The what? Digital Equity Act, which at, a, at first glance looks okay. Well, that's nice. They want everyone to be on broadband. So the lower income and the poor and those on disabilities, we're going to get some activities going to help them and train them. And we're going to make sure we get broadband out everywhere. Right. And all that's really about, and it was like, I think the suggested funding is around 2.7 billion on that. But when you know their grand plan and you know where this is all going, they want everyone on a smartphone and they want everyone on broadband because they need us all plugged in. Right. in order to carry this out. So they snuck that bill into the infrastructure bill to try to, you know, get that through, which, which it will. But more interesting, what is involved with that act is they have two different grant programs that go out to the states. And the states, and, and again, with the language, they say, uh, I'm thinking off the top of my head here. Um, well, first off, the states come up with their whole digital equity plan. And then they work with collaborators, uh, stakeholders rather, stakeholders that they can give subgrants to on their whole state plan. And they need to plan digital inclusion activities, whatever that entails. 
And basically what it is, is they're building the framework for the individual cities and states to create a lockstep, this is what I believe based on what I read, lockstep um, websites, messaging, information. They even talk about the messaging and um, all the different partner uh, departments are involved from housing to, you know, every single department. So to me, that's building the framework for the sort of main contact pages. So if you were on needed, you know, social services or disability or something, this is now our new website where you go into and this will link you into everything and you just, you know, need your QR code. <laughs> so, so that's what that's really about. <clears throat> so if you scroll down a little bit, I think I have the, um, oh wait, oh, you already went way down. If you Oops. scroll back up. Sorry. That's okay. I lost where we were at in our Because uh, I'm just chat. rambling. I'm totally rambling. I'm not even like on the section we're on. Okay, go back down to that chart. Okay. So this is, uh, what they're doing is they're saying, the reason we need to go digital, the reason we need to do all the things that they're doing is, you know, climate change and sustainability, um, cash, cash is bad. Less people are using cash. It's, it's more cost effective to go digital. Um, that, that actually the federal reserve bank of Kansas city said QR code based mobile payments substituting for cash will allow banks to reduce costs related to cash services and will increase the volume of consumer transaction data available to banks and non-banks to better understand their customers' behaviors and needs. And that facilitating the continued use of cash may hurt consumers who may not otherwise be motivated <laughs> to go digital, all else being equal. We may be perpetuating the use of a less efficient payment method with both business and consumers suffering in the end. Do you guys know anyone who's ever suffered from having cash? Nope. <laughs> and they're totally lying because here's the chart right here that shows from 2002 going up to 2021 here, cash has been on the rise. So everything they say is an out and out lie to, um, you know, it's the disabilities and the poor, and this is why we need to get everyone on broadband. And, and it's the cash, and this is why we need to get everyone on digital. And the thing is, is most of the people who don't have bank accounts in developing countries don't want them. So they're, they're trying to say we have over 1 billion people that don't even have a bank account. I mean, it's just all of it. It's all nonsense. It's all lies. So they can get everyone plugged in and hooked up. So they right. can monitor and control. Yep. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. <clears throat> so I won't get in. We can skip like the whole money laundering thing. That's, uh, I mean, that's important information though. People need to see how this money is actually moving here. Um, well, I mean, we can... the whole, the whole idea of this is that they've been robbing us blind for decades, right? Mm -hmm. Just basically stealing from the coffers all this time and purposely bankrupting us, getting us all the way to this point of bankruptcy so that the federal, the feds could step in and do this transition into crypto. It's basically right. um, their cover for the entire money laundering scheme that they've been running for decades, basically. Right. Is that a way of, a good way of summing it up? Yeah, that's a great way of summing it up. They've, they've got so many slush funds going. It's not even funny. I've, I've traced countless slush funds of theirs. It's exhausting. <laughs> so, so we can go past, if you scroll down, we kind of already talked a little bit about where crypto's heading. The whole crypto climate accord. That's another big hoax they've, they've set up. Um, that I, you know, Rocky Mountain Institute ties to Richard Branson, like a whole bunch of people tied into this. It's all just a big, a big hoax to make it seem like they're um, creating this climate accord around crypto. Because, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> when you are going into the whole blockchain thing and the supercomputers and, and the amount of energy that will be used for these platforms and 5G and just all of this, it, it is a lot. But 
they're already, they've already been working towards that. They're already doing it. So this is all just sort of a hoax to draw attention to themselves and make it seem like what they're doing is all for the good. You know, doesn't Bill Gates actually have a patent out for some sort of um, technology that, so that once everybody's hooked up, then they could actually be their human um, energy could be used as a source of energy to mine on the blockchain. Isn't that yeah, a thing? I've seen that. I've seen that. Yep. Yes, yeah, so wow. they've already even planned that out. I know. Mm-hmm. It's sick. We live in a total sci-fi. Movie. Oh, and you get you get uh, coins for using allowing <laughs> your your human energy to be used <laughs> to fuel don't... your enslavement system. And donate bad food because then you won't produce as much energy as we need. So... Right. Uh, right. And we're mm-hmm. no more meat people no more meat yep. so um so devolving into central bank digital currencies i just you know people need to come in and read this it's all just there's so much important information in here um i think most people already saw jerome powell saying you wouldn't need stable coins you wouldn't need cryptocurrencies if you had a digital u.s currency so we already know they're moving towards this um right and that's a, that statement alone right there just went everybody everybody just gasped because that sent shockwaves in the cryptocurrency industry right there shows you their intentions for crypto right so who the bankers will become this is this was the most interesting section for me to work on um kind of connecting the dots and searching through to see what's going on try to figure out their future plans you know so right now we have 4,357 commercial banks in the U.S., which is down 2,789 since the 2008 crisis. And over the last 15 years, the, the Fed has approved 3,576 bank mergers with no denials. And then in 2016, at the end of 2016, the comptroller of the currency announced that they would begin issuing new fintech banking licenses so that would allow the financial technology companies to expand across the country more quickly. So that, that, that was interesting and started sending me on my path. And then they're consolidating mm -hmm, there. They are, they're totally consolidating. And so I read this um, lengthy report, uh, 2020 report by the OECD, which is the organization for economic cooperation and development. And it's on digital disruption in banking and its impact on competition. And basically, I'll just I'll just read the few little bold points here. The report analyzes uh, possible strategies of the fintech and big tech players uh, and the role of regulation. So they discern that regulation will decisively influence how involved big tech will become with the industry and who the dominant players will be. Uh, they feel that big tech platforms are much more disruptive to the traditional banking business due to, I think everyone can answer this, their massive amounts of data they have on everyone, right? They already know what our spending habits are. They've, they've got these massive bundles of convenience for everything you need. You know, you go to Google Pay or Apple or PayPal, they already, they already have these huge robust systems with a massive customer base. And here's the key. They don't have the banking license. They don't have to deal with the regulations, but it also prevents them from being able to provide like a checking account or loans. However, there's a way to sneak around this by partnering with banks. And so if, if we scroll down, um, let's see, do, 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 do. Okay. So basically what I did is I took a look at at PayPal and Google kind of as my little case studies to see how far they've come and what's going on here, because we already have Amazon partnering with JPMorgan Chase. We've got Apple and Goldman Sachs partnering for credit cards. We have uh, Amazon's also partnering with Bank of America. Um, Google's been partnering with multiple financial institutions and even PayPal Um, The next section down on uh, PayPal has, in addition to launching their whole QR code in store transactions and whatnot, you know, and everyone knows, I think PayPal owns Venmo, which just did 160 billion in transactions in 2020. 
Well, what they did is they partnered up with um, Ban Bancorp Bank. They've got different MasterCards rolling out. So this gives um, the FDIC insurance, right? Which they can't get otherwise. And then they partnered up with WebBank, which is a steel partners company to offer uh, business loans. And so what's really interesting about this is I find that <laughs> JP Morgan does not like this at all. So they said, um, you know, cause I'm thinking, well, God, are the central banks gonna become like the um, overseers and the big tech is gonna be like, they're gonna have like these controlled gatekeepers, right? Because they could just turn away the smaller businesses and say, no, we're not gonna let you in. We're not gonna partner with you guys. And so over time, what will happen is they're gonna try and squeeze out small banks and the community banks and the middle, and the middle banks will merge. Um, the big ones will gobble them up. And so, so there's definitely, we're gonna see major shifting and consolidations happening. Not to say it's all gonna swing in big tech's favor. This is just one plausible way that I'm seeing things going right now. And so um, in January, uh, JP Morgan Chase and Company, uh, the CEO, he went on this rant and said, well, this is unfair competition. Um, there's over PayPal using the, you know, the credit cards offering the MasterCard and whatnot. And so they said, so what it is is smaller banks that have under 10 billion in assets are exempt from a regulation that the bigger banks are not. And that regulation requires that banks put two unaffiliated networks on every debit card they issue and retailers then have the ability to choose which network handles a transaction. So the CEO of JP Morgan says there are examples of unfair competition, which we will do something about eventually people who make a lot more on debit because they operate under certain things. The only reason they can compete is because of that. And he says, you can expect that there will be other battles that take place here. So then seven months later, all of a sudden the SEC opens up an investigation into PayPal about whether their swipe fees paid to banks that issue PayPal's debit cards meet Federal Reserve guidelines. Now the Federal Reserve is weighing in on uh, change it, making changes to these rules on governing the debit cards. And so you can see how the, the bigger banks, which is funny them even calling this like unfair competition, they don't want the competition, right? The right. big banks do not want competition. And then we have Google who creates Googleplex and so they now can provide checking accounts. And so by partnering with these banks, they've got the FDIC insurance. They don't have to deal with jump through hoops on regulations. Um, and so they're now, they have over 11 financial institutions. They're working on trying to pull in more banks. And so I'm sure you can already see like where this could be heading potentially. I mean, it's, they're working hard at this. Um, and as far as banking licenses go, there's several tech companies, some from you know the UK, Netherlands, England that have come over here to get banking licenses and operate out of here. Some are fintech, some are full branch, you know, charter branches, national, traditional banking licenses. Square, I didn't know this. Square was approved for a banking license, you know, Jack Dorsey mm -hmm. and um, to form a Utah based bank. So he can eventually branch that out. So it's like this massive competition going on. It's not, it's not just this automatic, these guys run the show and this is how it's going to go. And this is all pre-planned. We're talking like heated competition going on right now. It's like Hunger Games for banks, basically. Yeah. They're trying they're trying to kill each other off to uh -huh. see who's the last survivor in this whole transition into the digital currency new world order wet dream. <laughs> Good way of putting it. But then we <laughs> also have, have that. <laughs> but then we also have the potential for the government run banks. 
because I found some very interesting information on this. And this is something that they've been proposing. Bernie Sanders started proposing in 2020. Several others are on board with this, where it would be government-run banking system that would be set up through the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Postal Office, which they've for years used post offices for, you know, small-level banking. And so... And money laundering. And, well, and, yeah. Yeah. And... and <laughs> effery with the voting system <laughs> I, I should i should just stop right there because yeah we're, we're hoping right. this will stay on youtube and, and the and the world economic <laughs> forums backing this and the washington post saying oh this needs to become a reality and we've got them saying that oh you know there's no way that the post office has ulterior motive here. It's not about profit making because they're losing 36 million a day and they have massive pension obligations. Well, everyone knows what's happened in the last couple of years with the post office. So now we've come full circle. Let's crash it. Let's create a crisis. And now let's raise them up and say, look, they're going to be your bank providers. And so they're selling it off as public banking, public. It's for the public. And we'll get you out of the private banks because they're the elites and they want to control you. But what people don't get, some people, is that public banking means government run. So right. And if you ever have been to a post office, you know how well it's run. So let's just attach our <laughs> banking system well, to that. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing about that. So I started thinking, I'm going, there's still no no way in hell they could, they could compete with big tech. And then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I mean, the USPS has websites, right? They're already, some people order stamps from them or, or set up their packages on it and all kinds of stuff. They could very easily build up a more robust system and start providing all online banking through the USPS sites and all the cities and states could market that right on their websites. And, and so, you know, and then I think the digital equity act that they're putting in place and holy moly. So I could totally see how they could try to roll this out and compete. And so there's a fantastic link in here. If you scroll down just a hair, you'll see this map. There's a bunch of legislation. California already passed a public banking act back in 2019. Of course. Now, and they were only the second one. The only public bank we have in this country right now is in North Dakota, but it is a state owned. It's run for the people. And that one's on the up and up. It's very different than these um, that would run through the federal reserve be government run. Uh, so we have multiple states here that just this year have introduced legislation on trying to get public banks rolling. So this is something everyone needs to keep an eye on. Um, and we need to fight that. And I know we're like totally out of time here. And so we basically are just, we're down to the augmented humans and artificial intelligence, which is an ultra fun section. <laughs> we've, we've talked about the transhumanism agenda before. We what? We've talked about the transhumanism side of things before a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch happen. of documents in here I reference. You know, um, this is so much bigger than I think most people realize. There's uh, every organization you can think of is involved with the AI and the transhumanism, top level. I mean, we're talking global, we're talking UN, we're talking national security stuff, um, G7, all this. They're all involved in this. The National Science Foundation already has, if you scroll down and look at this map of the United States, they've already got, uh, it's quite a fun little interactive map too that I link to everyone should go check it out and see what's going down in your state because these are all big AI research centers set up all across the country. Um, and then we get into biometrics. Um, you know, something interesting I did find along the way that I had no idea existed was that there actually are some biometric privacy acts in a few states in place. And shockingly, Illinois has the most robust one um, where you have to give consent before anyone can do any biometrics on you, whether it's fingerprinting, iris scanning, any of it. So uh, this is all I know. I was like, oh, oh, this could be a way <laughs> to combat this. So Definitely check out that section and see what's happening with legislation there. We need to get something passed on a federal level there because, boy, that would sure put a wedge in their plan if they had to get consent, huh? Yeah, that would definitely put a wedge in their plan. So well, we and need then to push like, for this. 
And then the right to act, you know, being able to file lawsuits again. Um, there's a huge one that Facebook just lost a $650 million lawsuit for this in, in uh, Illinois. So, I mean, it's, it's no joke. That's something to pay attention to. Um, and then uh, the Rockefellers, <laughs> very involved in this as well. Um, some crazy stuff, crazy stuff. I just, I have to read this one thing. And then, and then we'll end it. Um, 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 let me find it because it's, it's pretty crazy. It's the uh, a 2013 white paper that it's 31 pages, good fun read, titled uh, Dreaming the Future of Health for the Next 100 Years. And they say, uh, is this the one I wanted to read? This isn't the one I wanted to read. Although that that is that is a good one as well. Darn it, I can't find it. But it's it's a whole uh, a whole report on the the Rockefeller deal. Why can't I find it? And they literally talk about augmented humans. There's like a heated battle between augmented humans versus non-augmented humans. They're talking about the future. It's mm -hmm. really it's really quite crazy. And it uh, is creepy. very creepy. And had you not, had you presented this information to me, say a few years ago, mm -hmm. I might've said, this is just like the pretense for a sci-fi movie. Nope. 2021, I am <laughs> fully on board with understanding that this is their plan. However, and, and I think it's important to note before we close out, there is an entire section down here where after you talk about the key implementers, we talk about solutions and we can't overlook that. That's really, really important um, thing that we should, I think, just quickly, you know, end things on, on the high note. I agree. I agree. Um, look, don't, don't let anyone coerce you, shame you, guilt you. Do not do the QR codes not on anything. Stop doing the QR codes. If you go into a restaurant to eat and they refuse, because I'm hearing this a lot lately, that people are, are not giving them menus and they're saying you have to scan your QR code just to read the menu. I would demand a hard copy of a menu. And if they don't, I'd leave that restaurant. We need to stop supporting this crap. Um, they're, they're, the more people that refuse to use it, uh, it's, it's, it's going to put a real dent in their progress. So um, definitely pay attention to the legislation. I've pointed out a lot on legislation throughout this report, um, much of which we didn't, we didn't actually cover. Get your money out of the um, big banks, move them to the smaller family-owned banks, support the community banks. We need to get more going on the community bank front because um, they're eventually going to be gunning for them but just seeing the fact that cash is on the rise and people are getting really smart about this that is really positive to see um you know focus on um on the family and the community energy systems food systems um let's see shopping stop funding these people i've got resources on here on my solutions page for that uh, stop working for these people, stop buying their products. There's so many ways everyone says, well, what can we do? These are ways that make a dent in it and not just a little dent. When you get hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people saying, nope, we're not shopping Amazon anymore. Or, nope, we're not gonna, uh, we're all pulling our money out of this bank over here. That makes a hell of an impact. Exactly. Um, stop buying anything that says smart because it isn't. That's a trap. Um, Word games, smart is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's always the opposite of what they say it is. That's right. And um, uh, yada, yada, yada. One of the most important things is the power of intention. Um, the, I mean, this is so scientifically proven for forever now. And okay, everyone's gonna say, well, who trusts science nowadays? when you direct intention manifests itself as electric and magnetic energy and it produces ordered an ordered flux of photons operating as coherent frequencies capable of changing the molecular structure of matter can alter the environment 
heal illness, affect one's uh, uh, another's thoughts and actions. This is incredibly powerful. The thoughts and the intention behind them, spend time each day. Don't, you know, people, it drives me nuts because people go, everyone's going to drop like flies. Everyone's going to start dying off. And I'm like, oh, the energy and all of that. If everyone would start saying everyone's going to heal, we're going to heal everyone. We're going to see a future that's freaking beautiful. They don't, there's so much in that, that I don't have time to go into. It is so critical is the most important thing anyone can do right now. Right. There's so much power that we, the people have, it's simply a matter of unifying and asserting that power and include, it includes the power of intention, what we want to manifest in this world, what we want this world to become, not succumbing to their plan and saying, oh, it's a lost cause. No, Mm -hmm. asserting our power, especially in unison as a mass, mass non-compliance and mass manifestation of the world we want to see. So we have so much power it's really just and i think that i'm we're, we're really seeing that more and more and more that mass non-compliance that unifying that that asserting our power that we innately have and that they don't want us to realize that we have that's right because well, well there's, there's power in collective fear as well which was what they're using yep. which is what you can see especially with coronavirus especially that Mass fear creates an energy in itself. It creates more of that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So like Corey said, you know, uh, and I've talked to Edge about this before too, it's um, working on yourself from your core. You've got to change yourself before you can change anything else. Get with these groups, get with these people, like-minded people, like yourselves, and that will continue to manifest and will continue to grow. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to end it, guys. Anything else, Corey, that you wanted to add? Oh, goodness. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll have the link to the full report. Oh, I did actually, I combined parts one and two into a PDF download in the bookshop. And then I combined parts three and four. All in all, all four parts are 109 pages. So it's kind of like a book. Um, (laughs) So those are now available in the bookshop for anyone who wants to uh, purchase those for a small fee. Otherwise, obviously my reports are all free on my site. And we'll leave links in the description for you all. Please definitely check out Corey's report. It is important and uh, definitely need to continue this discussion on ways we can move forward and change the paradigm. So thanks guys for joining us today on Dig It with a speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. We're everywhere, so share it. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Hey, Ravenous. <laughs>